Brendan Fraser is on the march to Oscar. That's how astonishing he is as a morbidly obese recluse in this deeply moving character study. Accusations that wearing a fat suit diminishes his tour de force performance is nonsense. This is essential viewing. Peter Travers, let's go. ABC News talking about The Whale, our featured review this week. Now, no old movies this week, as I've mentioned, because there's so many new movies right now. I'm being bombarded with screeners. I want to watch them all. And I always appreciate all of your feedback. Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Somebody said, what happened to this podcast? It's all just old movies people have seen before. So listen, I take it personally. So you know what? You want new reviews? I've yeah. got eight new reviews this week. Yeah. Eight, eight huh? movies I watched this week. Yeah. It's insane. You tweeter, take that and shove it. So we need more people on Apple Podcasts giving us positive feedback. The Whale... <laughs> Empire of Light, Sam Mendy's new movie just opened in theaters starring Olivia Coleman, Colin Firth, The Woman King, which actually came out mid-September. Finally saw it because I got the DVD screener. Living, which is coming out in a week or so. Bill Nighy film, The Menu, which came out last month with Ray Fiennes. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, which came out, I think, in like May of this year. Emma Thompson, some Dark Horse Oscar buzz. Puss in Boots and After Sun. So tons of movies to get to. But most importantly, we begin with Moss. I want you all to hear Chris Cody's voice just to verify my guy is still feeling it after an epic night at Moss on Saturday night. Ah, oh, you can hear it in my voice, folks. The gravel, the bass, the fun, the love. You can hear it all. We lived on Saturday night. I had so much fun at, at Moss Miami. I got to get Adnan in my mitts. Yeah. I got to give him a big bear hug. He got to meet Greg Cody. It was a, it was a hell of a night, man, honestly. like, And I feel fine. Like People are all like, oh, you must be so hungover. Yeah. It was just more exhausting. Like I didn't get to, like I had a few drinks, but it was more just... You're talking to people the whole night. You yes. want to give everybody the time of day that they deserve. So it's just constant conversation. So, and I'm on stage shouting. So my voice is, I feel fine. I'm not sick. It's just the voice is tired, my friend. No, I, I gain newfound respect for you as a people pleaser because I am a participant, but I'm also an observer. Like I'm a, ma- I'm a fan of the Metal Arc family, but I'm yeah. not the Dan Levitard show. So I, I get to see what's going on. And I'm like, my guy Cody, you make it a point to talk, be friendly, et cetera. Like, you know, Roy's got the art gallery thing. Billy, I yeah. didn't see mingling as much as you. Stugatz is a rock star. And and Dan actually, because I don't think Dan enjoys this, but he was very accommodating with people that I yes. saw. Dan was really making an effort to say, hey, I appreciate you all, blah, blah, blah. So let's recap the entire event. So I fly down yeah. Friday. Um, shout out to United, 32D. I love when they have DirecTV on the flight so I can watch the match, watch Brazil. Shocking upset. Land at the airport, watch Argentina. Bob Costas texted me. How's that for a name drop? He's like, we wow. got to catch up. So I talked to Bob Costas for like 45 minutes. And then Cody texts, are you here? And I love when we do this. We don't actually respond with a yes or no. We just give evidence of it. So I texted you a picture of what I call American Airlines Arena, whatever the hell the new arena, the name of it is for the heat. <laughs> it was FTX. FTX. I don't know what it is. I think it's currently. FTX. FTX. Yeah, yeah. And you said, hey, uh, me, my dad, uh, our show producer, Yeti, and our wives going to for dinner in Fort Lauderdale, more than welcome. But you said, might be able to squeeze Dan for an expensive dinner. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, I knew it was, I knew it would be a trek for you. I knew yes. you were staying down in Miami, so I'm like, yo, you should for, you're, like, throw Dan a text, see if you yeah. can get at that prime 112 dinner. If that falls through, if you want to make the the Uber down to Fort Lauderdale, we're here. So I text Dan immediately. I take your advice. It's like, hey, see you soon. No response from Dan. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll come out and see him. It'll be great. I actually look it up. I'm like, hey, Fort Lauderdale is an hour away. And again, Bimble's not reimbursed me for Ubers. Like, he made it very clear. Like, we're not paying you for this. But no, I don't expect to be paid. We'll cover your flight in the hotel. After that's on you. So food, Ubers, incidentals, I'm paying. So I'm yeah. like, okay, that's fine. So, but I'm going to be paying 50 bucks to go have dinner with Cody. But it'll be great. I want to meet your dad, see the wives, yeah. et cetera. But don't feel 100%. Bit of a sore throat. Go get some Dayquil downstairs. And I was like, okay, the combination of the fact I have a particularly sore right tonsil. If I'm at dinner, I'm making this face when you swallow. Everyone knows that face when you kind of wince. Like, you're like, 
Oh, I hate go. it. And yeah. everyone's gonna look. Your wife's gonna look at me like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh, just my my right tonsil is very sore." Like, Wait, you're sick? You're at a dinner or a meeting for the first time and you're sick? I'm like, I'm not sick. I just have a really sore throat. Just my right tonsil. I'm like, okay, yeah. this is probably not a good idea. I and long me. Ubers during rush hour. Yeah, I was like, this is not good. So I text back, dude. Thanks, anyways. I'll see you tomorrow. But we're, we're, I thought, like, and I think we're gonna get to what yeah, my yeah. dad was jokingly accusing you of. Correct. But I think, like, I was just more thinking you just kind of the logistics of it were like, you know what? This is not. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze here. And, and I thought maybe you went to the not feeling well thing just because that would make it sound better. So I texted Stancic and Rick Passmore, two friends of Cinephile. I go, hey, uh, here's the situation. I, I, I've got a sore throat. I just bought some Dayquil, and it's an hour drive. What do I tell Cody? Do I tell him yeah. that I'm sick or I just tell him it's an hour drive? Yeah. Passmore said, tell him that you're sick. Like, That's legitimately true. You just swallowed some Dayquil. Stancic goes, tell him it's the hour drive. And then when you see yeah. him tomorrow, also mention you were kind of sick. So yeah. I have differing opinions of what to do. I, I was like, I'm just going to be honest. And I, I told you both things. I go, hey, yeah. dude, I looked it up. It's an hour away and I don't feel great. And you go, all yeah. right, no problem. We'll get to your dad accusing me of being a liar in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> My dad is one of those guys yeah. that when he hears I invited someone to dinner without telling him, he's like, oh, I mean, I'm cool with that name coming, but you could have run it by me. And then when you can't, when you say you're coming yeah. and then say you can't, yeah. he immediately gets offended about you not coming. to. Oh, so yeah. My dad is one of these guys. He'll always find a way to complain about something. <laughs> I love it. So the next day, I'm like, I'm going to go to South Beach. Now, for those who are avid listeners of Cinephile, you were aware of my tendency to walk. The story of me getting my car repaired, walking to Route 17. So you know where this is going. Again, Bimble's not reimbursing for the Uber. So I'm like, I'm going to walk everywhere I can. I get upstairs and go, how far is South Beach? He goes, uh, it's about a 20-minute Uber drive. I go, okay, I'll just I'll start walking. He goes, excuse me? I go, I'm going to start walking. Dude, goes, you were going to walk the causeway? He goes, let me just show you. I go, how, how far is the walk? He goes, hour and 45 minutes. I go, you have to understand. I'm in New Jersey. It's 40 degrees. Right now, it's 80 and sunny. I, I want to sweat. I want to get sunburned. Like, I'm ready yeah. to enjoy it. He goes, sir, I understand that. But it's an hour and 40. I go, let me just see how it goes. Now, all he says is just walk down Biscayne. I'm like, all right. So if you know Miami, I'm just walking down Biscayne. Now, he just made it sound like just walk there forever. I walked a good 45 minutes. Then I started to sweat. I'm like, okay, I need to get a Gatorade. Stopped at CVS, had a Gatorade. Walked another 50 minutes. I'm like, I don't think I'm getting anywhere closer. Look it up. Dude, I'm like, no, no. Biscayne, that's not where you go. You have to make a right to go like across the you bridge. You get to the 35th Street or 38th, and then you go to the bridge. So I was now at like 53rd. I'm like, okay, I've gone too far. I go back now, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get the Uber. So I'm at the Denny's at like 35th. I'm like, well, it was an hour walk. I got a good 8,000 steps in. And to your point, when I actually looked at it, I'm like, as you said, to go, like it's, it's a causeway. Like you're going across a highway water. If I, if I would stop with the cops on Route 17 in New Jersey, you, I don't think there was one person that would not have stopped. Go, Why is this guy walking on a highway to an ocean? Anytime I see someone walking there, I'm like, did their car break? People don't just walk the causeway. Like this, it's not. It's like it's like four. It's like three full miles from yeah. like Brickell to South Beach, and it's like all a causeway. Like I, yeah, that, that's hilarious that you tried to walk. Stop that. to stop was 5.3 miles. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good workout for the day. But no, we we got two miles in. Perhaps that's Uber hilarious. comes. We do ocean. Uh, I, I just could just take me to South Beach. It's like, yep, ocean drive. I got it. Cool. Go to the beach. Maybe it was just my lucky day, but a lot of Latin gay men. Like I look up and I go, all right, it's just my lucky day. A lot of Latin gay men, beards, great shape. And I see a guy in a big pink thong. I'm like, wow. I'm like, all right, this is, uh, this is South Beach. This is Miami in December. Let's go. <laughs> e- even more surprising than that, because probably that isn't surprising. It's South Beach. Everyone's happy. Having a good time. I hang out there. I, I, I just love the sound of ocean waves crashing. I mean, you're there. Yeah. You can enjoy this all the time. But I'm a guy. I just love ocean waves crashing, walking the beach, wearing flip-flops, take the flip-flops off, just dipping my toe in the water. Beautiful. Yeah. Like serenity. I'm like, let me go buy a bite to eat. Hotel Carlisle's right there. I'm like, yeah, sure. They sell me on the snapper, which I'm like, I should have realized. 
I don't like when you get a fish and you actually see the fish's face. Like, oh, the, it's like a whole fish. It's a whole fish. I go, no, I just thought it was like you know a piece of snapper. No, whole fish, forty-five dollars Cuban rice. I'm like, all right, we're going to town. <laughs> Then I was surprised. I started hearing like horns and chanting. Moroccan fans going nuts. I'm like, wait, Morocco won? I'm like, wow, what an upset. Down goes yeah. Portugal. I didn't know there was I didn't know Morocco won and Moroccan fans in Southeast Miami. At least 25 chanting, singing in my house. It's great. So Southeast Miami is great. I obviously do not walk back, take the Uber back. And now the event is supposed to start at six. But again, I'm not getting reimbursed here. So I'm like, I check online and go 40-minute walk from my hotel. I'm like, I'll do the 40-minute walk. I change, shower. But again, this is what I don't realize. It's 80-degree weather. Oh, dude, it's, that's like you're sweating now. Because I'm like, 40-minute walk, it's a good walk. But but 15 minutes in, now my back's wet. I go, geez, like, what am I doing? I'm wearing I'm wearing slacks and a dress shirt. Like, obviously, it's hot. <laughs> it's 80 degrees. And this will come up later on. I, I'm walking this area. And again, I just go to the Google map. Yeah, 40 minutes. I'm like, this doesn't appear to be a very good area here. Like, this, there's quite a few homeless people here. I see a lot of graffiti art. I'm like, well, I, yeah. it is 530. It's okay. But I'm like, I, I'm now quickening my pace. And then... Uh, <laughs> I get a text from our organizer. He's like, you here? And this is like 5.30. I'm like, wait, no, no. It was 6 till 1 was what I was told. So I'm like, I, I can feel that you here, like an urgency. I go, I'm 12 yeah. minutes away. It's like, okay. Didn't give me a like. Give me an okay. I'm like, all right, like, okay. And I'm like, well, well, fucking hustle. So I get up there. I see the fans lining up. I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to be an event. A couple of guys yelling out, hey, I'm like, no, I got to go. My back's soaked. I, I'm very wet. I've got to get inside. I've got to meet my people. I get inside. <clears throat> I... I <laughs> Uh, I get the pass. I'm like, all right, love to our friend. Here we go. Cool, cool. Go in there. First person I see is Billy. So I'm like, oh, Billy. He's got the Tua jersey on. I'm like, yes. His dad, Lewis. I say, what's up to yes. him? We start to get into a conversation. I'm like, hey, Lewis, I love the fact your son is such a baseball guy. Like, he's such a baseball nerd. I love it. He's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then Skipper walks up. Oh, oh. all right, Billy. Nice to see you. Oh, Billy, oh, John, man, how are you? And like, Lewis and Billy completely disappear. To which I didn't see Billy again until one in the morning. I go, what happened? We were in the middle of a conversation. He goes, oh, dude, Skipper walked up. And I told my dad, I go, we're going to have to leave here. I go, no, you, you hang in the conversation. You just disappear. So I didn't really get to see Billy. Skipper that's and I. A, that's a Billy move. Yeah, just Billy. like a slinks away. Yeah, slinks yeah, away. It was a very much a slink. It was a perfect As soon as, he, as, soon as John Skipper turned his attention to you. Yes. Hey, and how's it going? Billy was like, okay. Oh, yeah. He, he slunk as, as well as you could slink. And I was like, no, I know what you're doing. I'm disappointed in you. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Skipper, great conversation. Like 12% of why I went to Charleston was I knew, like, whenever I see Skipper next, this will be a great conversation. So I said, John, I know you're a North Carolina man, but I, went, I took my family to Charleston. So, oh, let me tell you about South Carolina. Uh, I, I can tell you about Charleston for days. I'm like, John, I, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Fort, Fort Sumter. I'm like, that's the first thing I did, bringing in the Civil War. It's so minute. It, it is not surprising that the South was able to get it. They just bombed it with shells. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I love you taking a vacation just for your next conversation. 12%. I'm like, Skipper will definitely love the fact I'm all in on South Carolina. <laughs> we start talking about plantations, you know, Hall's Chop House, the food. Oh my God, Chris Cody's been there before. He's like, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, oh, yeah. I go, I checked in. The guy was like, oh, Chris Cody, I've seen twice. Jessica Smetana apparently is a big fan of Charleston. I go, it's beautiful. I go, your, your entire show unit, we should all go to Charleston next year. We should, we should do Moss in Charleston. Oh, it sounds good. From there, the disorganization starts to seep in. And this was yeah. my fear. All I was given, and you had predicted this, was simply, you know, 7.30, open the show. 8 o'clock, introduce Illuminati. 8.30, introduce Cinephobe. Now, I'm expecting that some of my people will give me a little bit more information. Now, the night previous, uh, they said, check with the mean. So I texted him in Ohio. I'm like, hey, just let me know how you want me to introduce you. Basketball, Illuminati, Cinephobe, whatever. And then we have the horrible news about Grant Wall, yeah. which completely changes the tenor of everything. So Amin wrote back the next morning. He's like, hey, man, I'm kind of shook with this Grant stuff. Like, I'll see when I get there. I'm like, all right. And Skipper, in the midst of our conversation, goes, uh, I don't think he knew I was the MC. He's like, what, what brings you here? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm actually hosting. He's like, okay. He's like, uh, just one thought. We, we should bring Grant up. I'm like, yeah, for sure, John. He goes, just do it early. 
and then uh, we'll go from there. You got it. No problem. Whatever, whatever you feel like. And yeah. one thing, I really wanted to meet Chris Whittingham. We love Witty, and I did not see him there. And I yeah. didn't think to ask anybody, and then I texted him the next morning. I go, he's like, yeah, because the grand stuff. I'm like, I totally understand. So Witty was definitely missed, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, it was very, very sad. For those that are aware, Grant Wall is an outstanding American soccer journalist, also covered college basketball for years, famously wrote this story about LeBron, the chosen one, died suddenly in Qatar covering the World Cup. So it's just a horrible, horrible situation. Just Friend horrific. Of yeah, just horrific. So... Um, anyways, at that point, they're like, hey, go to the front. We'll figure some stuff out. They go, just, just start interviewing people. I'm like, what? They go, there's like a Domino's table. There's people being set up. They go, and I look over and I see your dad and I see <laughs> like almost the party of the Red Sea. It looks like at least five rows of people lining up to meet your father. Oh, I'm yeah. like, is that like to meet Greg or is that like for the pizza line or tacos? Right. No, no. And this is what you had warned me. He said, no, they have booths set up for people. I'm like, that's yeah. the Greg Cody line. So they go, just go ahead and get some straighters. Start interviewing some people. I'm like, okay. Again, disorganized. I'm like, well, who am I talking to? Just, just, here's the mic. Just go talk to people. Uh, is it, I want you to say, I want you to make, I want to make you feel better on the front end of this. Yeah. It seemed like, I was like, because they were showing those clips, like you right. interviewing people. It seemed like you guys had it planned out. It seemed very organized. It seemed like you were getting good content from yeah. the fans. Like, it, was, it, 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 it played well. I appreciate it. Because that's why I said, I go, is this being, like, is this for .com? Is this being in-house? Like, what is the context? They go, they're going to do it in-house. Like, just start interviewing people. I'm like, all right, great. First guy I meet, his name is Austin. His lady's name is Riley. I'm like, Austin Riley? I'm like, brave sir, face. I'm like, I will definitely not forget your names. Austin Riley. Got it. <laughs> Meet a few other people. And to your point, the ego boost, unbelievable. Like, Rags texted me and he goes, over under. Cody said 25 pictures. I go, well over 50. I go, it, it was awesome. People are like, hey, yeah. I and it's, it's a very quick, ah, Nick, can I get a picture? Yeah, what's your name? Steve, Steve, love you, man. Thanks so much. Kenneth yeah. from Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, that's great, man. Ontario, California. I know what that is. Yeah, great. Yeah. great you tried that. See, this is where I, I don't know if I'm failing or succeeding. I try to, like, give some everybody, like, 30 seconds. Where are you from? How'd you get yes. down here? Like, you do end up having the same conversation a lot, but. I'm genuinely interested, and it's so amazing how I used to think we were like a Miami show that has branched. Yeah, dude, I don't even know if like there was n- like most people were from out of town. That's like that was the most I, shocking I part That's of the, the night. That's the biggest take with the entire thing. One, just how rabid and passionate your fan base is, which I think I knew, but when you see it, you actually appreciate it. But how many people from out of town? You're right, finding from L.A., Seattle, Chicago, Australia. Detroit. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you guys do this just to meet like Dan Levitard and friends? I'm like, yeah. yeah I to love see Greg show. Cody's toenail. That's it. <laughs> so we do some straighters. Uh, we get the call. They're like, you're going to be here. I'm like, well, I'm getting the call. You're going to run to the stage. My man Cody's filling time while I'm trying to get to the stage. Go up there and do introductory comments. And away we go. Cinephobes up there. Basketball and Adi. Amin is great. The whole crew is awesome. And I'm coming off the side. And finally, I see the man of the hour, Dan Levitard, walking towards me. And I don't know who this attractive blonde woman is with him. But he introduced me. He goes, this is Valerie. I go, are you kidding? <laughs> You've never seen Valerie? I hadn't seen her before. I'm like, I, I assumed, but I wasn't 100%. He goes, I go, are you kidding? He's like, yeah. And I go. Um, you said to her face, like right in front of her, are you kidding? This is Valerie? <laughs> yeah. I, I think he said, this is Valerie. I think I, I said, are you kidding? Or I'm like. Wow, like, well done. But some, some of that effect. Yeah. She laughed, and I said, you're, you're as pretty as I imagined. And then I turned to Dan, and I said, and kudos to you for finding someone so clearly much younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you just like. Oh, he loved it. And uh, I was like, and I, I went to clear. I go, you're 20 years younger than him. She's like, yeah, I'm like, that is, that is outstanding. You just, I love you just like asking. Like, <laughs> so I could, like, it wasn't clearly enough that he's like 51 or 52 and she's 31. I'm like, I just want to make clear. It is 20 years. Yes. Like, yeah, it's 21 years. I'm like, okay, great. That's, that's awesome. Up top. Danny, my man. Now I kind of get why you didn't get the invite from Dan to dinner. Yeah, he knew exactly what it was all about. But <laughs> it was great to see you. We cut up for a minute or two. And like I said, 
I don't think he thrives in those moments, but he was very gracious. Every person that walked yeah. up to him, he'll talk to them. At one point, like somebody was trying to brush him off. He goes, I'm going to come back to you. I just need to take care of this. My parents just arrived. Like he was very, very gracious. Yeah, um, he is. He's I, great. I see Roy at one point. I do a quick chat with Roy. I see Mike Ryan, obviously. Mike Ryan threw off by the hat. He ran away. He was like, well, I got to come up and say hi to your hat, which will also come into play. I go, listen, I saw Roy wearing a hat, so I said, I want to wear it. You were rocking it. I thought, you're, I thought Fedora played, man. Angel was a big it. fan. Uh, first time meeting Angel, he goes, oh, dude, between the beard and the hat, he goes, you, you look considerably more Cuban South Miami. He goes, like, you, you could definitely <laughs> pass. Like, how many people have spoken Spanish to you? I'm like, a few. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Finally, it gets around 10 o'clock, and I'm working back and forth. They get as the MC, is it more work or less work? It's more work than I thought I would have more information given to me. Instead, it was just introduce this band. I'm like, okay. So I had to filibuster, but it's less work in that once they're up there doing their thing, it's like Mike Ryan's DJing for an hour. I can go buy a pizza, yeah. which was part of my annoyance. I'm like, is there any food that like, you got to go wait in the line? So it was 20 minutes in line for a taco truck. Wait a crazy. minute. You didn't get a friends and you weren't in the friends and family area? No. I, I went and this guy kept laughing because you're, you're, in the, you're in the common folk. I go, I don't know where to go. I go, I got to go eat something. It's nine o'clock. I'm hungry. I'm working. It's a working shift, 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. You waited in line for pizza? Waited in line for a pizza. Now, thankfully, Roman, the stage manager, gave me a meal ticket, so there's $10 savings. But then I bought a pizza. My buddy Joe was there, so I've been trying to get $10 for you. And then the crew was hungry. I go, I'll, I'll get another pizza. So 20 bucks. there's three cheese pizzas. And then I bought some tacos. <laughs> but, but you're right. Afterwards, like, there has to be another area for me. There but, was an area. There was like a whole like seafood setup in the friends and family oh, area. God, I would have loved some seafood. <laughs> like, I, you never went back there? I never thought it. Like, it that, no, that, I would it's have such a stage. Yeah, I'm the MC. It's such a whirlwind that night, dude. Yeah. I wanted to slow down because it's like... Yeah. It was next thing you know, it's 11 p.m. and it was like it flew by. Once 11 p.m., it was great because then Mike Ryan does thing, and then finally I see the star of the night, Stu Gods, because people kept asking, "Where's Stu?" I haven't seen him. He finally comes up. We have a big hug. We chatted out. I told him how much I just loved his uh, Edwin Diaz convo, which months ago you were talking about how if he does not perform well in the playoffs, they're going to take a trumpet and stick it up his ass, <laughs> and it will make a trumpet noise on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love Stu. We got to catch up. How are the kids? This and that. So awesome seeing him. Met some DraftKings people. That was cool as well. Other fans of the show. And then it was nice because you guys went up there and did your thing. That, I think that's where I had the pizza. Because when I came back, Mike Ryan had like 25 people up there. And yeah. you and Jesse and everyone would shout out to everyone. I'm like, that was great. By that point, though, I really felt like the party kind of died. Like 11 o'clock on, I'm like, all right, here's G-Love. Now there's maybe 50 people. And now Valerie's telling me, she's like, hey, just so you know, it's Dan's birthday. So I want to do something at the end. I'm like... I don't really see many people here. Like, I think everyone's pretty much yeah. taken off. And Roy comes back. He's like, hey, you got to pump up the art auction again. I go, okay, what, what exactly is the art? Like, I don't have any details on this. He's like, you're going to like, we're going to auction off some art. I'm like, but which art? What, who is the painter? Who is Where the did they do that? They didn't do it on stage. No, did they main, do it over goes, by the art? No, they go main stage. We're going to bring up the art. And I go, is there five pieces of art? Is there 10 pieces of art? Like, I'm the auctioneer. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm like, we'll figure it out. The theme of the night. I'm like, okay. G Love does his thing. Thankfully, I bring up Roy. I go, how many pieces of art do we have? Because we have one. Honestly, there's 2,500 people there. There's maybe, I'm not kidding, 50 to 75 standing up there. I go, uh, Roy, how do we start the bidding? He goes, 500. I go, and I wanted to say 500. That's a lot of money. But this picture, I'm like, okay, I thought 100 bucks. 500. Valerie, dance weight, 500. I'm like, okay. Somebody else goes, 550. All right, 600. 650. And I can tell him, she's just driving up the price. And then Dan shows up, and Dan kind of gives a look like, wait, you're bidding on this thing. Like, I can tell. I swear to God, I can read it in his eyes. He's like, no, no, I don't like, don't, don't come back to me. I'm like, okay. At 800, mm, okay, yeah. Uh, so the guy buys it for 850. Thankfully, not Dan and Valerie. Great, we're sold. 
And then I said, okay, and now a special announcement. And she's going to show him, like, don't, no, don't bring me up here. I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. I thought you, you told me the birthday thing. And then I kind of give Dan a look, and Dan's kind of like, uh, and, he, and he goes, he goes, we, he goes, we have a cake, but it, it's it's not for everyone. Like it's just for for us. I'm like, ah, oh, like a VIP thing. Yeah. yeah. He goes, so just uh, just just have them sing happy birthday to me or some crap. I go, okay, got it. Hey guys, we're all going to sing happy birthday to Dan. It's his birthday, December 16th. It's it's coming up soon. Hey, yeah. let's sing happy birthday, praise the jolly good fellow, and we're out. So I go back. Dan, I think, then has to do a podcast because I'm talking to Bimmel, M. Night Shyamalan doppelganger. And he's like, I think he's doing a podcast. I go, wait, at 1 a.m., Dan is doing a live podcast with who? And I think he said the Lure people, the Lure after No, hours. I think I think because I did that. I sat with them for five minutes. Like the Lauer people in their Lauer, cabana and the VIP, the Lauer after hour people had like a little setup mic. Yeah. So like they were trying to get people. And I guess they had gone. I, I guess Dan was like, at the end of the night, I'll come by. Okay, so he did the Lauer. Because I met a guy from the Lauer. He goes, hey, we've tried to get you. I, go, I know, I keep denying you guys, but thank you for your continued efforts. <laughs> Anyways, that's when I get to see Billy. I didn't see him for like seven hours. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm like, I go, if you're leaving, then I'm leaving. He's like, I'm leaving. I go, cake? He's like, I don't care. Him and his dad leave. Roy's gone. As I'm walking out, uh, Yeti, your show producer, have you seen Chris? Oh, no, it was your, one of your best friends. He was like, have you seen Chris? I go, I haven't. I haven't seen him. We, we hugged it out early. That was it. And then I hear an Adnan as I'm trying to leave, and it's you and your dad. And this and now Yeti, brings yeah, the story we're recording. full recording. We're, we we're doing our Greg Cody uh, recap of Moss. And that's where we get to the heart of the matter, which is Greg Cody accusing me of ducking on the party. I go, what? I go, as soon as I get back to the hotel, I'm going to text you a picture of the Dayquil, just to be clear. Which I showed him. Yeah. You did. You texted me, and I showed him. 1.30 so, yeah. a.m., Dayquil. I was not punking you guys. And Greg's like, no, no, I don't believe it. I go, I didn't ask anyone for a picture tonight except for Greg Cody. When I met your dad, I'm like, I want a picture with him and you. And by the way, back to our point about hugging it out. Respect. I I thought you were more like like your dad's my height. You're like a good five eleven. Like yeah, I'm taller tall. I'm and, tall. And, yeah, and, yeah. and broader than I thought. Like you were like muscular. Yeah. I'm like if we were playing touch football, Chris Cody's not a running back. You're a tight end. You're gonna yes. turn and burn. You're gonna truck some guys. Like you you had yeah. muscle on you. I mean the gut's gotten a little out of hand. But no I'm no just no. Broad, I actually like, I did not know. Two things they declare. One, you people say you're fat. You're definitely not fat. People say Dan's fat. I'm like no no. I was talking and I hugged him. He first off he's very tall. He's six four. We're all tall. Like the, I'm like the shortest in our crew and yeah. I'm five eleven. And it's a very tall. Mike Ryan is also tall and broad. And Billy, 6'1", Roy, 6'2", yeah. yeah. Mike, 6'2", Dan, 6'3". Stu is the only six, guy three. who's short. Stu Gatz is short. That's yeah. about it. Everybody yeah. else. So I'm like, I don't. Like, I know Dan likes to play up. He's fat at all. He's fat. I'm like, I don't think he's fat. He's a, he's a big guy and he's broad. Like, I wouldn't mess yeah. with him. I mean, he's, right. he could throw you around a little bit. Like, I, right. I think of fat, I think of a short guy with a beer gully. Like, that is the, the, like one of the coolest things I get when I'm like taking 700 selfies with fans is yeah. every like five people. They're like, you're not that fat. Thank you. Like, like that, like, and it's generally someone who might be a little big, and it's like they're yes. feeling bad because they're like, "Why they call you fat, Chris? Huh?" Well, wonder what they would like. Wonder what they would call me is like what a lot of them are saying. Like, well, I feel like at yeah. your point, like ninety nine percent of the comments are all just love you. Can I get a picture? You're the best. And like you said, you try to give them a moment to interact a little bit. Like I, I was floored how many people were like, "Oh, cinephile, I love cinephile." You, me and Chris. too, dude. Same because they don't have to. When, with you, they're obviously yeah. going to bring up cinephile. With me, mm-hmm. that like a lot of people were like, "Man, I just love the the show. I love you with Adnan." Like I got a lot of. Love you with Adnan too. Like yes. when they were gi- giving their appreciation for the show. Yeah, so I, w- I was floored by that, which I was very, very grateful. One guy started mentioning the HBO Max on on TCM Hub. I'm like, okay, this guy's a legit listener. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, uh, to your point, though, we had to get a couple awkward comments. One guy said to me, I'm like, again, 50 were incredible. The one was like, hey, you're shorter than I thought. I'm like, I'm starting to disappoint you. <laughs> Another guy goes, he goes, you're thicker than I thought. I mean, like, oh, you're calling me fat. He goes, no, no. He goes, I- I'm like more muscular. He goes, like, like you're. 
you're solid. I'm like, okay, I'm like, thicker is not a compliment, but I'm like, I'll take it. Uh, and the third guy, the worst one was like, hey, man, you're too hard on my boy. I didn't know where he was going with this. I go, I, I don't want to get into Top Gun. He goes, no, man, Tom Cruise is awesome. <laughs> and then his buddy started getting mad. He's like, dude, don't do that, dad. And he hates that guy. He's like, no, dude, you're too hard on him. Tom Cruise is awesome. I go, okay, it's nice meeting you. I start to walk away and he goes, you're the only one that didn't like it. And you know when you're out of an argument, I still turn back and go, no, other people didn't like it as well. I'm not going to get into this <laughs> argument, but I'm walking away from you. I'm, you're not going to ruin my night now. This Tom Cruise crap. I'm out of here. I mean, you are the only one that didn't like it. <laughs> There's not many that didn't like it. It is true. About the fact, and then your dad, after I, I called him the fact he was erroneously calling me a liar, he then did show me the toenail. That was the yeah. perfect cap of the night. Now, again, I want to get the walk in. We've made this clear. I like to get my steps in. I'm like, well, it's one o'clock. I'm going to start walking. And this was my favorite part. And, and Bimmel is not covering the Uber. Like, if someone says, here's a car service for you, great. If someone says, here's a meal ad, man, awesome. But if no one's going to do it, I'm just going to walk. And it's 1.30, it's, you know, whatever, I'm walking away. And like 1.30 a.m., Wynwood, which is like a trendy place, but also if you take a wrong turn, you, you know. Which, and again, I should have realized it on the way there, I'm like, this is kind of sketchy, but whatever, dude, it's a 40-minute walk, I'll just walk through. I got 10 minutes in, and I'm like, okay, now this is, like, there's no, there's no streetlights anymore, there's more homeless people. And, and, and then I, I get a, insert in, are you going to say? Yeah. So, my, then, okay, so then, I was, you know, I think I'll just stop for an Uber, and then I got the call from you, and your call was? I got a call. I got a call from Lewis, one of our video producers, who's like called me almost concerned. Like, hey, man, what's up? Where's Adnan? Because I just saw him walking down a street that like, you know, like it was basically a call, like, hey, man, call Adnan because he might be lost. <laughs> so I call you and you're like, hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, are you OK? And you're just like, you know, I'm walking, but maybe I should take an Uber. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, dude, like, I know it looks clubby and trendy, but, like, it gets bad in a hurry. I'm like, yeah, yeah. just get the Uber. And then and then you're lying, which is the funniest line to go. Like, honestly, I'm only calling because, like, people are going to see, like, who's this guy in a ridiculous hat? <laughs> Not that it's a ridiculous hat, but in that area in context. In the setting at 1.30 at night, like, you know, the streets might not be lit as much. And it's right. just like, what is this guy? Where is this guy coming from? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. I'll, I'll, my big take was to have the phone. I go, Cody thinks my hat's ridiculous. I'm like, we have to clean this up. Did he? Did he? Nah. You just it's a vibe, man. Hat. I went for it. Like, I wore a hat that with a lot of colors. Like, yeah. in Moss, Miami, you got to take some hacks. You can't just, you can't just wear. Your, you got to get out there. Yeah, Mike Ryan was. I never met Juju before. Juju made fun of me. I introduced Juju. Uh, we quickly, and I don't know, he made fun of my hat, but I didn't hear what he said. That's one thing with the acoustics. He said something, he goes, hey, I'm just playing him. So when you see Juju, go, hey, I, what did you say about Addy? He doesn't care. He just wants to know what the insult was. That's all, that's all he wants to know. Let's clean this up. All right. It. it was an awesome night. Seriously, I have friends that, my buddy Joe came down. I told other friends they should come. My boy Cabby's a huge fan. Of, I'm like, dude, I'm like. Oh, so I, you had friends out there? You had people come out? Like, yeah. That you knew and I was like, there? even I was impressed. I'm like, dude, like. It's not cheap. Like these are expensive flights, hotels, but it does make sense the way you guys timed it. December in Miami, everywhere else it's cold. You make a weekend of it. You get to see the fellas and like that's what everybody did, dude. Every yeah. couple that came out, yeah, we just made. We came down from South Carolina. We made a weekend. Yeah. We're leaving Monday. And it's just like wow, like that's really cool. Epic event, honestly. The the show is awesome, as you all know. But the fans, you guys were legit. There's and a I, line like I'm standing in front of the stage, and there's a line like 50 people long of just people wanting to take a picture with me. Like, and I, I know I don't want that. To, I'm not saying it dismissive. I'm yeah. so appreciative. Like, it's just baffling in my mind yeah. that somebody wants to like take it. It's just I'm so appreciative. It's so cool, and it's uh, it's it never gets old, honestly. Because you were so you were like you had a, a an area where people are designed to meet you, but then like I said, yeah. you were mingling. You were still meeting yeah. people. It wasn't like a and and anytime I would stop, that's why like people were caught. Like I want, there was times when I was walking really fast because like in those spots, if you're walking slow, someone's like someone's gonna stop you, and then there's gonna be a line all of a sudden. So like there were moments where I had to get somewhere. So it was like if I don't walk really fast right here, 
I had to be like, I'll be right back. And I would do, like, I many times yeah. I saw somebody and I was walking and I was like, I'll be right back. And they, like, that's a good feeling when you actually go back. Yeah. They have this moment of, like, oh, my God, you actually did. Like, I didn't think, like, and I was oh. like, I, I made point. If I said I was coming back, I was coming back. Yes. And that's true. It's being genuine. Like, Sugat's told me, he's like, bro. I don't want to do like a segment up there because I'm like, I'm, I'm with the people. I took a thousand pictures. People gave me like 50 joints. But then I didn't know when Mike Ryan started DJ, Stu just walked up there. He goes, he goes afterwards, he's like, hey, Mike told me. He goes, don't tell Adnan. Just walk up there. You'll get the biggest reaction of the night. So Stu walked yeah. up there. He did like an introduction. And then he was out. He's like, once Mike starts DJ, like I'm, I'm out of here. Everyone knows. Like, I'm and, the, and then Mike, I hear, I'm in the back in Friends and Family. Chris Cody did the stage and Mike's playing that one song. And it's just yeah. like, here's a mic. Go. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, what's up, Moss Miami? Like, I had to like go into like MC mode, and I had like nothing planned. Right. And then, like, I mean, I mean, when the beat hit, though, we we crushed it. Like, I, oh. I did it, but it no, was just like when they handed awesome. me the mic, they handed me the mic, and I was just like, uh, all right. No, what's the, what, what's the refrain of the Rick Astley? You know, I just want to tell you how I yeah. feel it. Yeah. And like Mike was great. He was mixing it. Well, there's like 50 people up there. It was actually Mike. I was playing the yeah. song in my head all day. It was awesome. Ron McGill also crushed. Might have been one of the more popular people that I like. He, they said he was getting mobbed, and he did a thirty-minute set just about copulation among animals, like just a, walking around the entire night with a walrus penis bone in his hand. <laughs> Not walrus. Was it a walrus? No, it, was it was a walrus. Yeah, it was a walrus. Yeah. I thought it was a hippo. I, I thought maybe it was hippo. No, it was walrus. Yeah, wal a walrus. I could do what you do. He's just a dick bone. And then at one point, I'm not. One of the organizers, you got to stop him. I go, why? Because McGill's got 30 minutes. He's just talking about animals having sex. Like, okay, I'll get him from. That's enough. You can't, oh. you can't keep going. The man knows his audience at the very least. So we can do a whole podcast on this. Now we have 20 minutes to review eight movies. <laughs> Now we're going to fire through some movies, but honestly, I hope you're all... It was so much fun, yes. man. It was great to see you. We got, yeah. you know, people are making things. Maybe maybe Moss Vegas, oh, you know, dude. Las Vegas. Well, let, let me tell you this right now. We'll make this go to Bimble, the skipper. I'm the guy. Like, MC for life now with Moss. Wherever you guys need me to be, I'm happy to be there as long as I get a meal ticket. And shout out to... I got to meet Chris's wife, Christy, who was awesome. Yep. I met a guy earlier, David, and he was like, hey, if you meet Christy... Chris's wife, my guy, he goes, I know Christy and Corey from high school, and they're twins. I'm like, okay. And he's like, and I played baseball with Chris. I'm like, got it. And when I repeated that to you and Christy and Corey, they're like, never heard of this guy. So, David, yeah. if you're listening, they don't remember you, unfortunately, but I did really hear the message. To your point, when and I see We need back, a last name. We needed a last name. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. just closed in a house in Orlando, and his girl's name is Isabella, but I don't, mm. did not get a last name. But it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some movies, shall we? 30 minutes on Moss, and away we go. Uh, the Whales are featured review. This is the one that I know Chris is fired up about, as was I. Acclaimed director in Darren Aronofsky, and you've got a big comeback performance in Brendan Fraser. What is it about movies, about sports, literature? People just love a great comeback story. For those who don't know Brendan Fraser, and I'm sure you all do at least a little bit, he was that big, handsome guy, seemed like a sweet guy, the mummy, massive franchise. Um... And then fell on some hard times. Didn't make a lot of movies for a while. Put on some weight. And Aronofsky says, oh, I got a role for you. Now, Brendan Fraser has put on some weight. If you see him at some of the junkets and stuff, I'm like, mm, he's probably, I mean, he's a pretty tall guy, but he's 200 plus, whatever it is. But for this role, they had to get a 600-pound person. The Whale is a story of a reclusive English teacher attempting to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Now, the first thing that this film is facing criticism about is that Brendan Fraser, which Peter Travers alluded to, is wearing a fat suit. And they go, I can't believe, like, why, why didn't they just cast somebody? This has kind of become a thing now in Hollywood. People are criticizing. Like, Brian Cranston was criticized, the movie he did with Kevin Hart, for playing a quadriplegic. They go, well, why didn't they just cast a quadriplegic? And I'm like, well, listen, I think part of this is it's called acting. You want to try different yeah, roles. Yeah, it's acting. <laughs> but my, my, my only criticism was like, 
I, I wouldn't like it if it was a black actor and they had a white guy playing him doing blackface. To me, I'm like, yeah, that's not cool, obviously. But generally, having characters do different things, I'm like, is that not a part of the craft? So Brendan Fraser, they, I they thought face- he got fat for the role, by the way. No, no, I thought that this. I thought that I didn't even know there was a fat suit. Yeah, he's wearing a fat suit. Because and Aronofsky, I don't know if this is public, but I read off the record. He was quoted as saying something to the effect of, "If I cast a guy who's 600 or 650 pounds in this role, he might die during the movie." Like I'm not trying to be funny. If a guy's that big, we might not make a film. So I'm going to cast Brendan Fraser, who's again, I don't know, 225, 250. He's put a little bit of weight, sure, but we'll get him a fat suit. And we'll go from there. And I got to tell you, his performance is nothing short of a knockout. Travis nailed it. it. It's a tour de force performance, and it's based on the play, which I'd love to see. These are always a challenge because a part of it, you know, of course, it's based on the play. The whole movie is set has one set. It is just his place. And maybe that feels a little stagey at times. I'm like, yeah, but he is also a 600-pound man. You're not going to go see him going for a walk, going to the beach, hanging out, going to the movies. I'm like, people that big are generally confined to one place. And it's very effective that Aronofsky sets it in one place because it ends up being more intimate and more claustrophobic. My wife, by the way, I was saying in jest to her, she, is, she loves watching my 600-pound life, which is one of these shows on TLC. And I was like, I should actually get you on the show. Like, Once you see it, you can be an expert on, on the movie because I'm like, I don't, I don't know this world. But... What the overwhelming message of it is, is this really is a story about empathy. And listen, anybody who's overweight, and like Chris was saying, <laughs> I could lose some weight. We could all lose some weight. But right. when, you, when you're that kind of size, it's more than just having issues with weight control, right? It's, it's just yeah. you're, you're manifesting depression and anxiety, and you've got you know, deep emotional, psychological issues. And in this case, it's about Brendan Fraser, who is in love with a man. And that guy died. You don't know why. And so apparently he turned to binge eating to deal with the coping and the sadness. He also has a terrible relationship with his estranged daughter who shows up. And basically he makes a deal with her. I will pay you money just to come here. And I will, like, it's almost like, wait, you're going to pay your daughter to hang out with you? He's like, I'll, I'll pay you. I'll do your homework for you. I just want to spend time with you. And the reason why he feels this is because Hong Chow, who is not only the sister of his former lover, but is also a nurse, is going to check on him. And she's telling him, you have to go to the hospital. Like, you have days to live. She's like, you are going to die. And he goes, I have no money. I can't afford it. And she's like, it's better to be in debt than to be dead. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. So he realizes time is running out. I'm going to reconnect with my daughter. I'll pay her to hang out with me. And he's an English teacher. So I had a gift basket come from A24. I did not know why I have a copy now of Moby Dick in my house. But now it makes sense. Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie, loves Moby Dick. He's teaching him Moby Dick. He's teaching the class. And it's brilliant the way Aronofsky starts the film. It's a Zoom call, and except his screen is black. And he makes a joke at one point to one of the kids. Let's say his name is Adam. He's like, yes, Adam, uh, my screen is still not working. That's why you all can't see me. Then the next shot you see him, and you go, oh, he's dealing with so much shame and self-loathing and sadness. He doesn't want anyone to see him. So he's an English teacher via Zoom working remotely because... He just doesn't want to face the world around him. By the way, the film shot in the midst of COVID, February of 2021. So it actually works that it's, it's a small set. Again, it's, it's Brendan Fraser, it's Hong Chow, it's a teenage daughter. Samantha Morton is fabulous. Sadie Sink, by the way, plays Ellie. That's the daughter. She's very good. Uh, Ty Simpkins shows up. He is a, uh, they're like, at first, like, are you like a Mormon? Like he's showing up kind of door to door, selling Bibles, wants to have talks about religion. That kind of takes a turn, ends up being a really fascinating conversation about religion and identity and his story, which I was not expecting. And Samantha Morton shows up, who is the ex-wife of Brandon Frazier. So was married to her, ends up leaving her for his gay lover, 
ends up causing huge damage to his ex-wife and to his daughter. Samantha Morton shows up. She's a fabulous actress. She just lays into him. Even as she can see, like, oh, my God, I didn't realize you've gotten this big. But look at the pain, the damage you've caused. Ultimately, yeah. it's a story about empathy. And uh, it's really a story about self-loathing. I mean, this is a guy who's just drowning in his own regret and sadness. And for Frazier, what makes his performance so compelling is... He's literally situated in one spot. I mean, virtually the entire film, he's in one spot. He's wearing a fat suit, as I mentioned. You see him a few times grunting, groaning. You see him in the shower, like boils all over himself, trying to clean himself. Like it's just, it, it's tough to watch. And yet, he's such an appealing presence because he's a guy who doesn't have anything to live for, yet he is such an optimist. And he's telling his daughter how great she is. And he apologizes seemingly every 10 seconds to his to his ex-wife. You know, he realizes the burdens which he carries, but he's still trying to be hopeful about life. Even to these students, you know, he's telling them, hey, just write what you know. Be passionate about life. Be passionate about literature. So it, it's a really compelling story in that, as I said, he's a guy on the brink of despair who has horrible personal demons and this overwhelming issue which he's going to die from, and yet he's trying to breathe some life into it. And watching the movie, I kept thinking other actors that could play it, it really does fit that it's Brendan Fraser because this guy is trying to make a comeback in his life. And as an actor, Brendan Fraser is making a comeback. It's a guaranteed Oscar nomination. He may indeed win Best Actor Oscar. I think Colin Farrell right now is the favorite for the Banshees of Inner which I loved. But I got to tell you, Cody, if you're a Brendan Fraser fan, you're going to yeah. love The Whale. I'm giving it three and a half Maple Leafs. So it's better his performance in Bedazzled because he, you know, a lot of right. characters in that movie. Don't sleep on Bedazzled. A lot of range in there. <laughs> yeah. If Elizabeth Hurley was in The Whale, how much better would that have made the movie? <laughs> That's the question <laughs> everyone wants to know. Not every critic loved it. 71% Rotten Tomatoes. A couple referred to it. I, I don't know the critic, but it's a funny term. He said Aronofsky loves using misery porn. Yeah, it, it is true. It, it is not an upbeat movie. It's an hour 50 of pretty relentless sadness. But again, I, I think it's um, a film that I appreciate. And especially Aronofsky, I said this before, when it comes to the razzle-dazzle, like, he can bring it. The, a Requiem for a Dream is so visually kinetic. You know, Mother, which I hated, still has lots of big ambitions. And stylistically, I was really impressed as a director of the way he just kind of pared things down. It's almost like a basketball coach who has like an intricate offense and you know what? We're just going ISO and that's it. Like we're just going to simplify things and just try to win this game and go from there. I'll make another analogy with our next one, which is Empire of Light. Sam Mendes is the writer and director. He's the guy who, of course, did American Beauty. 1917 was nominated, that incredible tracking shot late in that movie. There's only like, you know, 10 actual shots in that movie, but they tried to make it look as if it's one seamless shot. But to make the basketball analogy, this is kind of like when there's a guy who's a coach and a GM. You know, Doc Rivers tries to do both jobs, and you go, yeah. you know what? It's probably better when the guy just does one job. There's some guys who can be writer-directors, but it's better when you have one writer and one director. It's better when you have one coach and one GM. And in this case, Sam Mendes, the writer, lets down Sam Mendes, the director. Here's the story. It's a drama about the power of human connection during turbulent times set in an English coastal town in the early 1980s. Because it's Mendes who's an incredible director. The shots look beautiful, and he's aided by, as you know, my favorite cinematographer, Roger Deakins, who can just make everything glimmer and, and shimmer. And I love the opening. You know, the first five minutes, it's just, it's a tribute to movies. It's about Olivia Coleman, who is a manager working in a movie theater in 1980, you know, early, early 80s. Um, I think all that jazz is playing, which was 1979. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful score, by the way, which is unsurprising. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, those guys are unbelievable. If you know the name Trent Reznor, you go Nine Inch Nails. I'm like, yep, the last few years he's made that switch towards doing scores, social 
Social Network is an amazing score, obviously. And this is yet another one for Empire of Light. So it starts out, it looks beautiful. I love the score. I love the look of it. And then you actually get into the story. Nine minutes into the movie, Colin Firth, who plays Olivia Coleman's manager, calls her to the back. He goes, can I just talk to you for a second? And this is the first big jolt. They start fooling around a little bit, and he starts saying to her, suck me. Please, suck me off. And she's saying, <laughs> like this. I'm like, okay. Uh, thankfully, the kids are not around. I was not expecting Colin Firth to be a horny old manager soliciting his... Uh, employee for this act, as of course he is married, because that's what these married guys do in the early 1980s. But the story, as I mentioned, is a letdown. It's very melodramatic. I think what happens is that Mendy's trying to just try to jam too many topics into one story. What has happened is Michael Ward, who I do think is a really engaging young presence, he's Stephen, young black employee there at the movie theater. He's an usher. The first time you see him, he's making fun of one of the people going to the theater to one of the other women. And Olivia Coleman chastises him. She's very upset. You know, how dare you speak to customers that way? But then, and I think it's a real reach, they start a relationship. Now, I think it's a reach for multiple levels. I don't think a 24-year-old good-looking black guy is going to go with a 40, maybe 50-ish older British woman in 1980 London. Maybe it happened. Okay. But then Mendy starts like throwing in like crash courses on race and race identity, and you start getting racist like British people showing up, and it ends up being an uneasy mix. I, I thought this was a love letter to the movies. Instead, it becomes a social commentary on race, which just feels kind of forced and inauthentic. It's also about a relationship between these two. It's also about the fact she's got mental health issues. Wait, what? Another movie of the week topic we're tackling? She's dealing with mental health issues, which you're not aware of, which is why she wasn't a part of the theater in the past. Leads to an epic confrontation she had with Colin Firth, his ex-wife, and all of it just doesn't feel like it goes down smoothly, particularly the ending just kind of feels <clears throat> kind of dispatched on. There's one sequence in particular, you know, Cinema Paradiso is one of the great films ever, but people who love movies, there's a scene where Coleman is watching what's happening in the movie theater, and it's a beautifully shot sequence, but it almost belongs in a different movie. They almost should have done more of a love letter to movies like Cinema Paradiso, Toby Jones there as the projectioner, or less of the other stuff, and I, I just thought it was an uneasy mix. Again, it's beautiful to look at. I love Mendes' work, but I'm going to I have to say it was a letdown for me. I'll give it two, maybe two and a half, eight police. Let's go two. I'm going to go two, eight police on that. Uh, the whale, I'm giving three and a half. Next up, the woman king, and now we're going to start to pick up steam. A historical epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. Before I get to that, I do want to give a couple blurbs here. This was the whale, Kyle Smith, the Wall Street Journal. This chamber piece amounts to a variation of yes, Cody did find the one. Torture porn. Okay, another person called it misery porn. <laughs> this guy called it torture porn. Four highbrows. <laughs> torture porn for highbrows with a fat suit rather than a meat cleaver as the bringer of cinematic shock. And David Fear of Rolling Stone. For every sunbeam of humanity, Frazier lets shine through this soul. The film summons a half dozen dark clouds to try and dampen it. An empire of light. Bill Jabiri, who's an excellent critic. First of you've got him. New York Magazine slash Vulture. All life appears to have been drained out of this movie. Matt Zoller's site, so I also love him. I mean, you're getting all my favorites here. RogerEbert.com. He co-wrote The Sopranos book with Alan Seppenwall. Matt Zoller's sites, a uh, friend of Cinephile. Empire of Light never entirely coheres, but it's worth seeing for the power of Coleman's lead performance and the expertly judged backup acting. I would agree with that. And Stephanie Zakarik of Time Magazine. Empire of Light spells out lots of things that it might have conveyed with a glance or a line of understated dialogue. It stumbles under the weight of its intentions and not even its majestic setting can save it. 
Nailed it. Stephanie nailed it. That's perfect. The Woman King. If you like your spectacles, you like your sword and sandal epic, so to speak, a gladiator for women, as the blurb states, you'll enjoy this film. Gina Prince-Blythewood directed it. It was written by Dana Stevens and Maria Bello, and it stars just a, a commanding lead performance by Viola Davis. Well, think about Viola Davis. I mean, is there anything she can't do? You can see her in a movie like Widows, Taking Down Gangsters. You can see her in Doubt, Snot Everywhere, getting an Oscar nomination, looking after her son. And you can see her in a movie like this where you can believe that, yes, she truly is the Woman King. And it's pretty unique in a year like this. Black Panther Wakanda King featured a series of black female heroines, and now you've got The Woman King, which again features black female warriors. It, I, I'm shocked that you'd have one of these films, then you have two of these films in the marketplace, and two are gigantic hits. Like Black Panther's obviously made a ton of money, and The Woman King was a genuine hit. I'm going to say $100 million at least worldwide, if not domestic, probably $70 million. So Again, if you like your, your action pictures, uh, stuff of this ilk, I thought it was very well done. I'm going to be at Three Maple Leafs. Again, I like the cinematography, the score. Uh, the action was very good. I know I criticized Black Panther for some of the action, saying too much CGI. This was not a lot of CGI. It was a lot of that you know, hardcore action to action. John Boega as well, small role as well. I enjoyed the woman. Viola Day. Davis is one of those actresses that just every role, she just like, she can't not just nail it. You know what I mean? She's just one of these actresses. It's like, I can't think of a single role where she's just not like perfect in. I agree. She's one of our greatest actresses. That is well done by you. Uh, we got The Whale, Empire of Light, Woman King. Woman King, I'll get three Maple Leafs. We'll take a quick break, come back with some more movies right after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, a few more reviews here for you. The menu. A young couple traveling to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. It's directed by Mark Mylod. You know him because he did Succession, 13 episodes. It's written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. One of those guys works on Seth Meyers. Because I was watching Late Night with Seth Meyers, and he's like, oh, one of those guys works on our show. First this question. movie seems right up my alley. Just want to say, the what? menu. Come on, give it to me. Am I going like to like this movie? I don't know. But here's the key, and that's what I was going to ask you. You and I obviously both like food. Who doesn't like food? But are you a foodie? Are you one of those mm. people that would you consider yourself a foodie? Do you watch food shows? In recent years, I've I've claimed myself to want to be one. Like, I, if, if I have a foodie friend who suggests a restaurant, I'll go there. And I do like, like, give me an appetizer that's like two bites of something. You know what I mean? These foodie yeah. restaurants. The foodie restaurants don't give you a full plate full of a, a, a calamari mountain. Yeah. Foodie places get you like they bring out the crispy tuna rice and there's like one bite for everybody. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the downside of these these foodie restaurants. You get good food, but you get like one bite of it. 
you nailed it. It's good food and it's expensive too. It's not a lot of it. Yes. It's expensive. So I go, hey, right. I'm down on the portion control and it's very pricey. So the menu works perfectly if you are someone like Chris who has a, a budding appetite to be a foodie or if you actually are a foodie. If you're more like me who finds it all kind of a little, a little over the top. And that's why the purpose is perfect. It's like about the restaurant we almost took you to that you, you know, big time does. That I punched you in, yeah. <laughs> we, that was like kind of a foodie place like it was all tapas stuff like and the guy shout out to the Catherine in Fort Lauderdale the the guy knew the people knew yeah. us from the show so there was some appetizers getting brought out and you know it, we got taken well, care of it it was really good and that was the key part of the sell by the way when you did text me you go hey uh, you just said the restaurant you go apparently the guy's a big fan so it should be free apps. Was there free apps? Well, I mean, geez, now you're putting my business out there that I was predicting that it was going to happen. But yes, I I just knew, yes, because through Tony on the show, he's hooked me up with this guy that is just kind of involved with a bunch of restaurants. Yeah. So and he's just like, yo, love the show. Anytime you guys let me know. So I reached out and he's like, yo, go to the Catherine. It's good. And. You know, you know, what do you want from me? I'm, I'm only human. If, if I get, if, if I meet somebody and he's like, come by anytime, I'm going to come by sometime. Oh no, hundred percent. And I, I, I was stupid when I was younger. When you get free after, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Then, now I've realized the time that means you then give a bigger tip. Which oh I, yes, yeah. you have to. I, I, my mom, you know, luckily, luckily, my mom and dad were there, so they swooped in for the bill, and I, I, I was that guy looking over her shoulder, like, mom, yeah. don't ruin this for me. Like, Correct. we need to leave yeah. a good tip they're, here. They're charging us sixty-five dollars. It was two hundred and fifty dollars of free. Right. So now you right. give them a good tip, and we can come back. They will give us more free food. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. so, Shout out to the Catherine, though. Legitimately good in Fort Lauderdale. All right, I definitely do want to check it out. You're more of a Broward guy. I was downtown. I gotta know. I gotta be. A, I think John Thibault yeah. might be a Broward guy. I'll get Brett Oss on it. Max, yeah. I texted Max because, dude, December Miami, you can't lose. Yeah. Um, you can't lose with the menu either. A young couple traveling to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Ray Fines plays the chef. He is fantastic, Chef Slowick, because he really seems to be parodying. I think a mix of all these different kind of guys. Maybe he's a little bit of Guy Fieri. Maybe he's a little bit of uh, Anthony Bourdain. He's a mix of all of them, but he's, he's arrogant. He's egomaniacal, and he has an appetite for destruction. Let's see how many food analogies I can work in here. Anya Taylor-Joy, who everyone loves from uh, whatever the hell that chess thing was called. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't watch it. But Anya Taylor-Joy, she has like the biggest eyes known to man. Like when you're watching her, I'm like, man, she's just so expressive with her eyes. She is there. The Queen's Gambit is what it was called. Thank you, Google. Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Hult, who I think is from The Great. He's definitely one of those like uh, shows my wife watches. He is her boyfriend there. He's Tyler. She's Margot. And she's a little bit skeptical. Like, why are we here? You know, he took this expensive trip. And, and the first big surprise is Ray Fiennes comes out and he explains that bread is something that poor people eat. You know, 60% of the world can survive on bread. He's like, it's just yeah. wheat. It's like flour Aladdin. and water. Like Aladdin stealing just like a loaf of bread. Because it's flour and water. But you are here for an exclusive event. That's why there will be no bread tonight. Instead, what we'll be giving you is all the things that will go with the bread. And so... It's a keto going, diet. Yeah, he doesn't say that. And a couple of guys <laughs> started to get pissed. Like, are you kidding me? We're paying how much money for this? I'm like, what? So they go there and they're giving like, it's just like like dipping sauces. And they like, you have to just like literally dip in like fingernail sized sauce. And he's like, but where's the bread? And one of the guys like, yo, yo, yo. He calls over the waitress, Hong Chow, who is tremendous in The Whale. Two films he, from under Hong the Chow. table, like, hey, let me get a piece of bread. Yeah, yeah and he goes, hey, looks like, we know, we know whatever the guy, just give us some bread here. Like, and she's like, I'm sorry, sir, that's not on the menu tonight. He's like, hey, seriously, like, don't. Like, you know who we are? Like, we're, you know, typical rich elite people. They don't say that, but they're rich elite investment bankers. Where I was like, just get us some bread. She's like, no bread, guys. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I knew this was an accident. I'll get fine, whatever. No bread. The next thing that happens is 
he starts to explain the menu items and why it appeals to each person. They're like, okay, not sure where this is going, but again, kind of some highfalutin salads. We go from there, and then I don't want to spoil any more of this, but he starts to have a really demonic appeal to their palate, and it's very specific to each person. I'm intrigued. Yes, and that's where they start to wonder, like, why? Wait, what is this? Is this a joke? How did he get this? How does he know this about me? Personal information is being interwoven among the food. There's messages among the food. Again, I don't want to spoil any further except to say, if you are a foodie, if you don't like the foodie scene, wherever your taste may be, you'll enjoy the fact it ends up being a very dark comedy, really well acted by the entire cast, particularly Fines, as I said, nailing all those shades of a chef who's got a serious grudge against all these people. Andy Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Hull, Hong Chow, fantastic. Janet McTeer, John Leguizamo. I haven't seen Leguizamo in a movie in a while. He's playing a movie star who's there with a young girl he's trying to uh, uh, impress. And he's got some old demons that are coming to light. Judith Light, Reed Bernie, who I think is a great actor. So, fun movie. I'm giving the menu three people leaves. Only issue was I thought the ending was a bit of a letdown. But I'm not sure you can wrap up a movie like that. Under 100 minutes, which I appreciate in this day and age. A few more here for you. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. Watch this on the flight back yesterday. Had never had this happen before. I, I'm trying to watch because I had direct. I TV. love this. I yeah. saw this. I had direct TV on the way down, was watching the soccer. On the way home, JetBlue, I'm like, I want to watch football. Purposely took a later flight, veteran move, so I could watch Eagles Giants, which does get to one of my In this right. day and age, also risky move with flight delays. Yes. So, and I told you, I'm like, hey, where, where's the good sports bars where I'm at? He goes, dude, you're in Bayside, you're totally fine. Checked Where'd out at 11. Go? Checked out at 11, start walking around Bayside. I'm like, oh, hard rock, easy. Maybe it's around 11, 3, 12. I, go, hey, I just want to make sure you have the football. Go, yeah, well, the football. And I go, to be clear, you're going to have the Dolphins game on. Do you have Sunday ticket, direct TV? I, I want to watch the yeah. Eagles Giants. She's like, we'll definitely have football. I'm like, I don't know if they have hard <laughs> I hate There's that. There's no chance. It's like, one of my pet peeves at a restaurant with a yeah. bar and TVs when an employee acts like you're speaking a different language yeah. when it's like, you got, point me to the direction to talk to the right person. Then. Yeah, like, it's just, clearly don't they're like, the they're like, we'll have sports. <laughs> We'll put sports on for you. It's like, no, no, no. I need the I need yeah. the Eagles-Giants game. Correct. That's what I'm looking for. So I go to Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett's. Now, this, I give the manager credit because she goes, let me check. And she made the effort of looking up channels. I'm like, okay, you're aware of, like, you're not just bullshitting me. She looks yes. up. She's like, yeah, we don't have that. There's three local games. You have Cowboys-Texans. We have the Dolphins. The Dolphins are Sunday Nighters. So she goes, we have Cowboys-Texans. We have two other games. We don't have the Eagles. I'm like, all right, where could you recommend? I need a sports bar to watch my team. She's like, uh, Black Market. There'll be a place called Black Market. I'm like, okay, Black Market. Terrific. I go in there. I, I see all the TVs. I'm like, and I make Black sure I Market, I believe, is where Hooters used to be. It's at like the it's at like the corner of yeah of second level. Like, yeah, second level, but like out, and you look out at the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah beautiful. Hooters used to be. It used to be Hooters for all you Miami Miami people. Well, that's what I was, at one point I was like, I, I just point me to the nearest Hooters just so I can watch the Eagles game. My wife's not gonna be pleased. I'm just gonna watch the Eagles game, right? I'm like, yeah. But I don't think you're right. That that makes sense that because I don't even think Hooters. It's pretty much eradicated at this point. I don't no, even there's a the Hooters. There's a Hooters by my house. Okay, there's one there. Okay, maybe it's yeah, more. They're still They're still around. They're still around. So black market, great. As I walk in immediately, I go. Do you have the Eagles game? And this guy's not measuring. He's like, sir, we have every game. I go, perfect. He goes, outside, inside. I go, and exactly what you said. I go, no, no. I want sunshine. I want to see the water, but I want to get a TV on the Eagles. I go there. It's maybe seven minutes in the first quarter. Eagles just scored, but I'm watching the TV like at the bar, which is inside. So I don't want to be a dick. The waitress comes around. I go, hey, um, she's got anything to drink? I got water and a lemonade. And can I get that TV? Because there's one TV that's like right in my view. I don't want to mess anybody up. It's not a packed bar, but I say that game to Eagles. Eagles, no problem. Ten minutes later, nothing happening. So I'm like, okay. I hate that. I'm like, I, 
eat that. I, I'm not here for the food or the ambiance or the hot Cuban chicks and the big ass. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I just yeah. want to watch the Eagles game. So I'm like, you can put me in the back in the kitchen with the workers on a little TV and I'll watch the Eagles game there. Like I, I yeah. came specifically for that reason. If you don't have it, that's fine. I already said no to Hard Rock. I said no to some other bootleg restaurant. So Ben said to go ask another dude. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Can you just put the Eagles game on? He's like, I'll do it right now for you. I'm like, thank you. Now, I feel like a jerk, but thank you. So he literally he? has to go. I, I think I said I feel like a jerk. He's like, but he, he, no, he grabbed the remote. No, I'm saying, did he do it, though? He did it. No, no, he had the direct <sighs> TV. And I, he's just like, so they take it, 712, clicks it. I'm like, yeah. And I think a couple of guys down were mildly annoyed. I'm like, bro, there's like four other TVs, like whatever they wanted to watch. The Bills-Jets game was on like several TVs. I'm like, you don't need three TVs in the same game. Yeah. Like, I would just, At like, what point games. in the game did you finally get it on the TV? So I get it's late. First quarter, early, just the first to wind down. I'm pissed I missed a touchdown. It's like 21 nothing already. No, no, yeah. Then I would have been more angry. It was 7 nothing. It was, Eagles. right? Didn't they? Oh, they no. like they, Early second, then they put it on him. 21 nothing. Great. Okay. Another pet peeve, and this has nothing to do with this guy. So now it got to maybe 3.15, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that guy who's just sitting here drinking lemonade and drinking water and had one meal, although the chicken was outstanding. Spice, spicy chicken sandwich with like fries, awesome. Because some of my friends are like, bro, you can't stay at a restaurant for two hours and not order more food. So I'm like, okay, I'm not actually hungry, but I'll just order more food to finish the game. Eagles are up by like 20, but I'm like, no, I, I want to see the G-Men just in misery. Yeah. And I go, I'll just get six wings. He's okay. I go, small as he is, six wings. Yeah, lathered up. Sure, no problem. And then the game changes. And I'm like, okay, but I, I can tell it's not their fault because I look at the inside and like that game has also changed to Cowboys, Texas. So Fox loves this. Like, since your game is a blowout, we'll take you to another game. I'm like, no, yeah. I hate that. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. watch the other game. I'm not here for the most compelling game. I'm here to watch my team. Yeah. But I knew there's nothing she could do. And now I asked her, I go, hey, is there we can change the Eagles? She's like, Eagles? Yeah. I go, she's not going to do anything. And then I was like, do I go bug the manager again? But I knew it wasn't their fault. I'm like, I, it's yeah. not. The Fox has changed it. Could he have changed it back? Maybe. But I'm so like, they no. were on like a local Fox because like it doesn't Sunday NFL ticket has each game. So if That's it's on that thing. game, it's not changing. Correct. Like, on yeah. my NFL Sunday ticket, it's never going to change. I just have that channel 712 will be the Eagles game in its entirety. But once it changed, and now I'm annoyed. I'm like, now I'm going to eat six wings. To watch Cowboys Texans, like no, I would, can you just cancel the wings? I don't, I don't, I don't want to pay ten bucks for the wings. Thanks though. <laughs> and another thing, and I give her credit because the the previously this did not. I was surprised by this at the, when I got the flounder, or no, the red snapper, which is a giant fish. The gratuity, we got red snapper that night at Ka at the Catherine, delicious. But yeah, red snapper is definitely good. I just, uh, but I make, I gotta make it clear now when I ask them, I don't want the whole fish. I don't want to. No, this see was the fish. you would have liked this. This was just like the the fish. fillet. The yeah, fillet like we didn't see a fish head. <laughs> yeah, that, that threw me off. It was actually Thai red snapper. Had a little kick to it. It was delicious at the Catherine. The Catherine, Catherine awesome. are they paying? They need to pay us. Jeez, yeah, ridiculous. they're getting some love here. So that place, um, I think it was the Hotel Carlisle. When she gave me the bill, it was the options were three percent, five percent, seven percent, and I go, oh, that's low. Like that's terrible. When I got the receipt after, I'm like, no, no, the gratuity is built in. So there's a, so that's additional. Yeah. So the the bill was sixty five bucks. 20%, I think it's 18% gratuity. I'm like, that's fair. So that was 85. And then on top of that was a three, five, or seven. I'm like, wait, wait, so like, I'll do that, but then I'm probably gonna go five. Now we're at 25. I think we're good. So I give the woman credit at Black Kitchen because she goes, just so you know, the gratuity is built. And I go, thank you for explaining that. Because the other I got hustled yesterday. Now I'm definitely giving you, by the way, 15% because you are being honest with me. So yes. long way of saying tip generously, but just be aware of the fact that the gratuity is built into the bills. Don't know if and that's a South Florida thing, but Tell the people if gratuity is included. It is, it is appreciated when you return the bill. Hey, just so you know, the tip's included here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is also helpful as well. Anyways, I ate the wings for no reason. At that point, I just want to watch the game. I go to the uh, airport, get there early. Massive line for security. I'm like, oh, my God. Like this, this may, I may have misjudged this. 
hour domestic. I'm always an hour and a half domestic guy, and still it was tight. Like it was a good. A lot of people, I guess, were there from us. Just trying. Oh, to get you back got there an hour before the flight takes off. Yeah, so if the flight was five fifty-five. I normally get there at four twenty-five, hour and a half in advance. Okay, hour and a half. And this one you yeah. did an hour. No, this one I did an hour and a half. Okay, but, okay, but it okay. was tight because like the security was over like close to an hour. Like I got in there and it was like, boom. And then the flight was delayed half an hour. I'm like, oh, so I'm actually totally fine. But I was starting to get a little <laughs> nervous. But, but yeah, in, in Hartford especially, because Hartford, when I worked at ESPN, never a busy airport. So hour domestic, six o'clock flight, people would show up at five. But I'm with you. I think that's close. Like Canal would do it all that's the time. Like, like, don't they start boarding an hour early? Like yeah. the flight's starting to board. Canal goes, they board, they board 35 minutes before. I go, so you're giving yourself 25 minutes? He goes, check-in is easy. It takes five minutes. And then the security's 20 minutes. I go, if it's a smaller airport, if it's a busier airport, that's dicey. Security yeah. could be 45 minutes. And like you said, in this day and age, this time, that's an hour. Yeah. We almost missed our flight. We showed up two hours early for our New Jersey flight a few months back. And yeah. like we almost missed that thing in the morning. It was scary. You were two hours domestic. Well, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going at least an hour and a half. But you're right. Two hours is not ridiculous. I get on the flight. I want to watch some football. DirecTV not working. I'm like, ah, oh, it's all right. I want to watch Chris's Dolphins. Would have been fun to watch. Oh, we got some movies. I can always, I'm like, I have seven movies to review, but I'm like, oh, I always got one more. So I'm like, good luck to you, Leo Grant, which. I know has gotten some dark horse Oscar buzz. Emma Thompson probably won't get Oscar nominated, but there's a chance. And by the way, I'm aware the Golden Globe nominations came out today. We're going to do it next week because we had too much other stuff, but we'll do Golden Globe nominations next week. So we got Emma Thompson. Here's the story. And I know it's a little racy subject matter. Nancy Stokes, a retired school teacher, is yearning for some adventure and some sex. And she has a plan which involves hiring a young sex worker named Leo Grand. As I click on the selection, and I've never seen this before, uh, up pops a message. <laughs> I already burst out laughing. The message says, while offering the best entertainment puts us on cloud nine, the following selection contains visual scenes that may, that may not be appropriate for all audiences. Please help us make this flight fun and entertaining, but being mindful of those sitting next to you and as to what their appreciation may be, use your best judgment before you get on the show. And the two options are okay, bad idea, or coast is clear. And then you texted me and you go, so was the coast clear? <laughs> And I've never done this before. I felt so invasive. This was awful. But I had to, I mean, I got to pay off the joke. So I took a picture of the guy sleeping next to me. And you said, that's the way your dad sleeps. Just like head down. Just like, like on a chin plane, tucked like... into the chest. Like, unbelievable. I'm like, this guy's not going to care. And so wait, when you see this, when you like, but it's not just the guy next to you. It's. You I got aisle like seat. The guy next to me sleeping. The guy on this aisle, he was watching like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because that's my point. But like the guys in the row behind you can technically see yes. your screen. So it's like, did you do the full look around? Let me see. Are there any kids here? Like, yeah. did you do what the thing asked, or did you just click? I'm watching this. Or like, <laughs> no, I, I knew. I'm like, it's going to be some mature subject matter. But I'm like, there's not going to be any nudity. Like, she's an older woman looking to get down. I'm like, it's not like I'm watching Boogie Nights. And what was it? Showgirls. So like, what was it that they? Oh yeah, what so was the movie. It was a very good movie. Good luck to you, Lugan. I totally agree with Emma Thompson getting Oscar buzz. Gosh, she's a good actress. Um, I loved her in, you know, uh, all those films. Like How it was before and- the movie. It was before the entire movie that that thing happened. Before the entire movie, yeah. Oh, I was thinking that it was you're watching the movie and then like in the no. middle of it, a, a, like a, a naked scene was about to come up oh, and that, that thing dark. popped up. I thought it was like that, like, hey, some shit's about to be on this screen. Make sure yeah. there's no kids around you. That's what right, I thought right. it was. No, no. Start of the movie, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I know like, there's going to be some mature stuff. I'm like, you might see oh, a okay. boob or something. But I'm like, I'm like, it's not going to be that bad. Um, but I thought it was fantastic. So she's an older woman who hires a, a gigolo. Good-looking dude. Looks like a young, uh, like a Rami Malek, 
You know, but more Jack, pretty fit. His name is Daryl McCormick. Has an Irish accent. Not sure if he's actually Irish in life, but he was an excellent young actor. Emma Thompson, as I said, retired school teacher, looking to get down. And so the first few minutes, she, she, he just comes to the hotel and she's like, all right, and I've never done this before. I'm not really sure what to do here, but, um, you know, just uh, looking to get to know you. He's like, ma'am, it's all right. Like, you know, I've hired you for some pleasure. I'm here to offer some pleasure. I can massage you. I can do whatever you like. And they go from there. And, and at one point, she, you know, she's so uncomfortable. It's cringeworthy. She's like, I just seem like some seedy old pervert. And he's like, no, no, you look like a woman who's going to have a good time. And then there's drama to it because she says what it is is I haven't been with a man since my husband passed away. My husband passed away a couple of years ago. And after we sleep together, you'll be the second man I've ever slept with. And he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, you know, and, and we only ever did it one way. He's like, well, how did you do it? And she, and she's like, my husband only had it one way. He, was, he, would, he would come into bed completely undressed. I would be wearing my knickers. Uh, he would get up on top of me. He would do his business. He would give me a kiss in the cheek. Then he would roll over, put his clothes back on, and we'd go to sleep. And he's like, and that's what you did for 30 years. She's like, yeah. And that, that was our life. And he passed away from this rare form of cancer. And, um, you know, I'm going through a tough time. And that's why I'm here with you. He's like, all right, well, sounds good. So the first time, they, they really can't go to the next level because she's just so uncomfortable and she's opening up a little bit. The second time they meet is hysterical. He walks in, she goes, all right. Because, you know, classic British older woman. She goes, I have a list of things I'd like to be able to do. He's like, okay. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you hired me. She goes, I, I must admit, I don't have a lot of money and you're quite expensive. I mean, but you're very handsome, you're very attractive, but I, I want to be able to get these things done because I, I think it, I, the, it's important to be, you know, detail-oriented and, and have clear objectives. He's like, all right, sounds great, whatever you like. And she goes, so here's the things I'd like to do today. I'd like to try to perform uh, oral on you. I'd like to perform oral on me. I'd like to do a 69. Not sure if that's what it's still called. I'd like to um, be on top of you, and I'd like to do doggy style. And he's like, <laughs> and the look at his face, he's like, okay. He's like, yeah, all that stuff sounds good. He's like, um, she's like, all right, so should we start with me giving you oral, or how should we... Um, Again, I've never done this before. My, How should my, we begin? Yeah. And she goes, I never did this with my husband. He goes, you never did this with your husband? She goes, no, he, he found it demeaning. He goes, he found you giving him oral demeaning. She's like, you know, he found it demeaning to himself. He's like, wait, it's, to be clear, you giving him oral, he found it demeaning to himself. He's like, yep. And she goes, and he goes, and I'm sure he didn't give you oral pleasure. She's like, no, no, he found that very demeaning to him. He's like, okay, so this guy was a selfish bastard. Got it. They have this whole situation now. He's going to like calm her down and try to get to this situation of having oral. And at one point, as she's about to begin, her phone rings. She's like, oh my God, I got to go answer this phone. She answers the phone. Later on, again, she's trying to get comfortable, trying to get in the mood, asking him questions, what to do. And he's smart. He plays some music. He's like, yeah, let's just have some fun, Nancy. Come on, let's just dance together. His name is Leo Graham, by the way, which is why the title. So he's Leo. He's Nancy. Let's dance together. Hey, let's have some little fun. Hey, have a little drinks. It's okay. Like, you know, just have fun. Just, you know, Undo the belt, open it up, and we're, we're going to have some fun. Phone rings again, and she's like, oh, my God, it's my daughter. She's like, this is my problem. I never want to like, have fun. I've hired you to have fun. You're very expensive, and I have to go answer this call. He's like, it's okay. He goes, I'll answer the call. I'll, be like, I'll just say, um, you know, my, my knob is in, your, is in your mom's mouth. She can't get to the phone right now. I can take a mess. He's like, oh, stop it, stop it. Um, eventually, they're able to consummate a few of these. And as he laughs, he goes, wait, you want to do all five of these things tonight? She's like, well, again, you, if we can just be detail-oriented. He's like, I think it's easier, you know, the more we ease into it. Like, we can do some oral today, both of us, and then the next time we see each other, we can accomplish more of your goals. But, you know, the more fun we have is the better we get to know each other. And she gets pissed. He goes, oh, I see what you're doing. He's like, what? He's like, oh, you're like this gigolo for hire now? Like, oh, let me get, do, do I get like a, a discount right here for whores? Like a, a nine for 500 if I can do this? And he's like, hey, that wasn't what I was trying to say. He said, no, I know what you're trying to say. Like, you're here to make money. You're a sex worker and I'm here to have some pleasure and you're just trying to, okay, like, that's what it's going to be. And he's like, hey, hey, easy. Like, I was just, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm not trying to steal your money. And then I thought that we really took some dark turns 
Because again, she's there because she's grieving. You know, she never was able to feel sexually liberated by her husband. Her husband is now dead. She's lonely. But what about him? What makes a young, good-looking, strapping, jacked guy with a six-pack be a sex worker? Like, and, and so she starts asking him questions. You know, what does your mom think? He's like, my mom, about what? He's like, what you do? He's like, my mom doesn't know that I do this. I don't, I don't, I don't tell her. You know, at one point, she's, she, she's finally, he goes down on her. And he was like, oh, she's like, that was like a warm bath. I never experienced something like that before. And he's like, I'm not going to tell my mom. Because I told him I work on an oil rig. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah. He was like, I, and she goes, but what do you know about oil rigs? He goes, I just Googled it. And I look up stories about oil rigs. And I just copy and paste. I tell her, here's what I did in the oil rig today. She's like, hmm, interesting. But she starts to dig into his backstory. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. Like, somebody in this situation doesn't want to be probed. And she's probing him. <laughs> and at one point, she, he even brings up, he's like, she goes, I don't want to have anything inserted into where things are naturally supposed to come out. He goes, are you saying you don't want to do anal sex? She's like, I didn't want to use that term. But yes, that's exactly what I was referring to. <laughs> Anyways, the story then takes a dramatic turn because you figure out what exactly is Leo up to? What is she up to? And I thought it was really, uh, uh, the only word you can use is a brave performance by Emma Thompson. I can't imagine many female actresses of that age. And listen, she's a beautiful lady willing to take on that kind of role, that kind of subject matter. Back to our original point, I think, and I, I don't know this for sure, when they show movies on planes, they're normally edited. So there wasn't actually any nudity in the version that I saw. I feel like I've seen something before where I felt uncomfortable. I'm trying to think of the movie where I was like, Wolf of Wall Street. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember like like, uh, like boobs popping up on it. I was just like, yeah. I was like feeling awkward. <laughs> the only thing, I mean, they gave me that warning. Emma Thompson is like in lingerie. Like she's like in her bra and underwear. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's I mean, I guess if somebody walks by, hey, what's going on there? But I, there was no, the actual sex scene per se, I thought was very tasteful. Now again, the movie is on Hulu. I'm going to go watch Hulu right now, forward and make sure I didn't miss anything. I think the last scene felt edited for sure. Emma Thompson at that point appears to have been deflowered and is now reclaiming her female identity. I feel like that part was definitely edited a little bit. But this is my way of telling Jet Blue, you didn't need to give me that warning. Because I, I work blue, and that movie was not blue. Uh, that, that, was definitely, <laughs> that was definitely tasteful and very tame. Uh, this is from BuzzFeed News. Leo Grant is a compelling coming-of-age tale that lets us peer into the fragile, fractious process of confronting shame about sex and a woman's journey. Sarah Michelle Fetters at MovieFreak.com. This is a fearlessly raw performance, and Thompson never overplays her hand. And Louise Perry of New Statesman. The film supposedly bypasses the ickiness of a conventional prostitution story by putting female pleasure at the center of the action. But it's still a kind of pleasure that depends on cash changing hands. And this is a good point. They get into that whole concept of, you know, should prostitution be legal? You know, it's a service being rendered. It's between two consenting adults. But then, of course, there's the issue of, um, you know, people being misused or abused or being, uh, you know, pimps and being yeah. brought in this. It's, it's, it's a very delicate matter. On the one hand, you watch this film and you go, yeah, this guy seems like a nice guy. He's making some money. She's into it. What's the big deal? Don't be a Puritan. But then I, I do see some of the other sides of it, why it can be such a, a murky issue. Bottom line is this, very good movie and an awards-worthy performance by Emma Thompson. Maybe, a, like I said, Dark Horse shot at an Oscar nomination. Good luck to you, Leah Grant. I'm giving it three Maple Leafs. Two more as we close. Puss in Boots coming out soon. My kids loved it. Antonio Banderas Puss in Boots of course is from the Shrek family um, if you like the Shrek films you'll really enjoy this movie I'll give it three Maple Leafs and After Sun which is a 24 movie I got real disappointment I see it cropping up on some critics lists uh, it's a father daughter story 
Maybe I just missed something, but it did not work for me. I, I'm up for a good father-daughter story. And the father in this movie disappears at one point, and they start to try to figure out what happened to him and their relationship. But I found it to be a slow burn, and I, I just found it very remote and very cold. I did not find it nearly as affecting or as endearing as I thought it would be. So Puss in Boots, I'll give it three minute police. And after Sun, a real surprise for me from A24, which is such a juggernaut, I'm only going to give it two maple leaves. To recap this hour plus episode, The Whale, three and a half maple leaves. Empire of Light, two maple leaves. The Woman King, three maple leaves. The Menu, three maple leaves. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, three maple leaves. Puss in Boots, three maple leaves. After Sun, two maple leaves. And one more to close. What about Moss Miami? Moss, Miami, four Maple Leafs. <laughs> and, and one more to close here, I think we're up to eight movies, is Living. In 1950s London, a humorless civil servant decides to take off work to experience life after receiving a grim diagnosis. This is just for Gentleman Frank. I know he wanted to listen to it. He was tweeting me. The writer is Kazuo Ishigora, and of course the original, one of the great filmmakers of all time, one of my favorites, Akira Kurosawa. I think it's Kurosawa's best film. It's called Ikiru from 1952. It's about a man who realizes he has stomach cancer, only has a little short time to live. What can he do to make time with his life? And it's just a, a glorious look at humanity. And what's most famous from that film is the shot near the end of Shimura is being read the letter of what his desires were, and there's this gorgeous slow motion shot of him on a swing going back and forth and he's singing this famous Japanese song so I wasn't sure how this film was going to be upped in I gotta be honest with you it was a bit of a letdown maybe it's only because Ikiru is such a great film that you can't top it but I just think it's hard to remake great films like that Bill Nighy plays the lead role and he's definitely taciturn and is somebody who is, you know, refined and keeping his emotions close to the vest. But I did not think it was nearly as strong as the original. When, when films like this come out remakes, you go, oh, we're remaking a Japanese film. My thought is always, you should just watch the original. So if you go watch Living and go, oh, I know it's based on an Akira Kurosawa film from 70 years ago. Just watch that. That's on HBO Max, I'm sure, TCM Hub. That's one of the greatest films of all time. Living, for me, was an average movie, a decent adaptation, but nothing nearly as stirring as the original. I'm going to give Living... Two Maple Leafs, which is a real wow. disappointment for me. All right. What an episode. I am exhausted. Dude, we cranked it. 30 minutes of Moss, 41 minutes of movies. Look at us. Should we just do two episodes, get those double downloads? <laughs> well, we're going to, nah. yeah, you're right, the double download way. We have one episode next week, and then we're taking time off over the holidays. Uh, next week, Avatar, The Way of Water. I've got yes. all these screenings. Uh, I've gotten all these screeners. Did not get one for avatars. I have to pay 15 bucks to go see it Friday. Can't wait. I'll go. I'll go watch it in 3D. I'll get the glasses going. IMAX. I can't wait. Avatar getting massive buzz. Who knows how? Got to be a disappointment. Let me get on the front end. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be hard for it to live up to the hype. Think about the hype as you say that. I, I think it made. I'll look at the number. I want to say like. One I, I like read something that it needs to make like four hundred mil to like break even or something. Yeah, I like believe the movie made the original made. Let's say one point nine billion was had nominated. I want to say twelve Oscar nominations, nine Oscar nominations, best picture, something like that. Obviously, cutting edge technology. I think you're right. I think this one cost three fifty. Now, when you add in marketing, I mean, you're going to make at least four fifty. I think just to break even. Like it's it's gargantuan money. Wild. And, and by the way, he's he's filming Avatar three. And four and five, he has scripts for. But he himself has said, hey, two and three got to bring. Like, if two and three don't make money, Disney's not going to green light four and five. So I think guaranteed two is coming out. I, I'm pretty sure he's guaranteed we get a third one. But fourth and fifth one are not guaranteed. But he already has the scripts and he already has the ideas ready to go. So if you want more Avatar, we'll find out what the audience thinks. Avatar next week. Also, Babylon. Massive movie. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Damien Chazelle, the Oscar-winning director of La La Land. And Let's we have go. an author. The author of the Don Rickles book. 
massive episode. Until then, I'll see you. I tell you, hey, I tell you. Hey, 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 I tell you, man. <laughs> Aluminum Todd Rickles. I'll see you at the movies. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.